Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back with our coverage of Showtime's Yellow Jackets with episode three, The Dollhouse, and episode four, Bear Down. Now, if you're joining us for the first time or you listened last week, let me just give you the rundown again. Me and Luke are here. We're the vets. We love this show. We've seen it once or twice. Brian and Dave are the rooks, so they have never seen this show. We're covering it every two episodes, and we're having a good time, and the vibes are high. Everyone loves it, which is the best. Let's just get quick uh, initial reactions from Dave and Brian. What do you guys think about episodes three and four? Two more great episodes. I mean, episode four gave us the Nat backstory, and I'm hoping kind of Every one of our girls gets that kind of highlight for their backstory. And episode three, yeah, the Travis reveal. I honestly, right before this podcast, was on my third watch through of both of these episodes just because I'm dying for more of this show and I know that I can't advance. So I just nice. keep rewatching. And wouldn't you know it, on the third watch through, I'm still finding stuff out for the first time, including my hot theory that has been slapping us in the face. Is Thaisa's present day wife, has she gotten a name drop yet? She did in episode four. Uh, Simone? Okay. Yeah. Never mind that. My hot theory is <laughs> off the board. <laughs> I thought that she might have been Akila, the JV girl aged up because they kind of have the same complexion and the same like braided hairs. But okay, sure. that's off the board. Simone just doesn't have the same, you know, these girls are tra- trauma bonded, right? Like they don't have, mm-hmm. she doesn't have that. So, yeah. but I get why you say that. Yeah. But I mean, if you're paying attention, Ty was looking at someone else with Google. Oh, it's Van. Yeah. yeah. I already <laughs> noted on Van. She was like screaming yeah. for her right in the wake of the plane crash. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, the last but- episode. You guys were like, they're besties. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I should have known. I should have yeah, known. But assumed. I'll hand it off to Dave. <laughs> But I just want to end it by saying another two great episodes. Overall, in love with this fucking show. I hate that our third roommate, Alki, can just freely watch. And I have to just have him pause it anytime I'm walking by because I just want to sit down and watch with him. Um, I will say episode three was probably a little bit of a slower one. It felt like like not much really happened up until the very end. And then episode four was just a lot of like information dump, just more backstory, which I really loved. The show's just got me hooked, man. Definitely want to be going to be one of my top shows by the end of the season. I can already tell. Uh, I have high expectations, and based on the perceptions of everyone that's already watched it and how well they don't talk shit on the ending, I'm just going to assume that they 
they at least leave enough, you know, unanswered for us and enough answered questions by the end that I'll feel confident with the coming of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm loving this rewatch as well. Uh, I think now B Toms has actually watched these two episodes more than me because I've only seen them twice. But just to jump off what Dave said about friend of the pod, Alki, who's who's been on a couple of our different shows, known chronic binger of random TV shows. He has watched the first seven episodes over the last 48 hours so he will be finished tonight <laughs> and i'm actually like so annoyed at him because i just don't want dave to like overhear anything or whatever but yeah. yeah he's he's been liking it a lot as well um i'll give you his thoughts on the next podcast after he's finished the whole thing and just his general his general thoughts behind the show but he's definitely really liking it but that did nothing even close to as much as b tom's mid workday text today saying that yellow jackets is a front runner for favorite show you've watched over the last year because i was just smiling in the office today that was awesome to hear yeah it's got me it has sunk its teeth into me and it's i think it's just the plane crash trope it just leaves you wanting more and you already know where it's headed but they have you really wanting to know what the journey is to get to cannibalism. Mm-hmm. And you're already kind of seeing some tremors in the dynamics of these girls. But these episodes were great. Yeah, it's really compelling. And the way we cover these episodes uh, to make it easier for us, we bucket them chronologically, meaning we talk through all of the kids in 1996 stuff. And then we talk about the 2021 stuff. But that's not to leave out. Uh, I don't want to like... Um, I got to give credit to the juxtaposing and the cross cutting between stuff that's happening in 1996 and how they cut it to 2021. In this episode, like episode three, there was a scene where Ty's finding Manny ripped up on the ground. She sees the dead guy in the attic and she like so many things are all happening at once. Mm -hmm. They do such a good job on this show with the music and everything. And and it just makes it really compelling. So that with our podcasting, it kind of takes away some of the comparison when we do it in chronological order. But I just wanted to highlight that the show does it so fucking well. And let me just tack on to that with these two specific episodes where we are getting backstory that is pre-1996 for some of these characters, like B. Tom's pointed out in episode four, we get a bunch of Nat scenes. In episode three, we have a couple of young, young Thaisa scenes. And how we're going to do that, because it it is a little bit jumpy as you're watching the episode, so it's hard to take notes on it in that way. So I think we're just going to lump in, whenever we decide to get through it, lump in like all the Thaisa backstory and then all the Nat backstory together. So, you know, we just want to make sure that it, it flows right. But yeah, Kathleen, you, you pointed out well, like the sw- the transitions are usually incredible. And sometimes they're actually red herrings. Sometimes they're, they're they're significant. So it's cool to watch on a second watch through. Like, is that character really that kind of blah, blah, blah? Like, are they really like, do they have a relationship with this? Whatever, whatever it is, it's really well done. So, you know, we can't really encapsulate that in talking through it with these buckets, but that being said you guys want to just jump right in of course do it before we get to the 1996 with the kids um in the wilderness we're gonna just quickly talk about the taisa backstory stuff so basically she's maybe like i don't know six or seven she's walking up in her childhood home assumedly and her grandmom is on her deathbed right that's what it seems like And they kind of talk about dying and not fearing death. But then the next scene we see, there's like a man with no eyeballs scaring everybody. And then at the funeral, yeah. And then at the funeral, opens the eyes of her grandma. I'm like, it, what did you guys take of this? This was all, um, strewn throughout the episode where 
Ty finds the like with Lottie finds the dead guy upstairs. So what are you guys thinking about this? Oh, just going back to what I was drilling in the first recording of this is definitely paranormal, like something outside of just the realm of humanity and what's going on in their everyday lives. There's another external force that's happening here. And I think that this scene specifically proves that to me. So I'm exp- it's just going to be interesting, especially too, to see how they connect this ghost if you want to call it, with the cannibalism. That's where I'm kind of trying to connect the dots to. Really no glaring connections between the two. Obviously, there will be at some point. Because and I add think, in the Sammy stuff. Any of the, the yeah, stuff. and Lottie, too, I feel like has some mm-hmm. weird paranormal activity stuff going on with her as well. So I, it's just really drilling home for me that I think we can expect some sort of ghost or external force playing a role in this. Same here. It could be a misdirect by the showrunners, but it certainly just opens the door more for supernatural stuff. Me and Dave were already thinking it. This certainly doesn't smother that theory. Um, The other thing is it kind of explains why Ty in the wilderness is so adamant to Lottie, like, no, do not even talk about that kind of stuff. Bad feeling. No, I don't believe in it. So you don't believe in it, because if you have a traumatic experience like that and you see the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life in the mirror, you would just repress that stuff and you would not even give it the time of day to acknowledge it. So that makes sense why Thaisa is both kind of this like already seasoned hard ass and has her walls up like that. She's yeah. So it just kind of makes everything make sense. But that was a creepy scene. I was I was on edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually scared. I watched it late that that part late by yeah. myself. And I was like, damn, dude, I got, I got freaked out. We didn't see anything at first in the mirror, and I, I just totally thought it was all in the grandma's head. But when they give us that second look back at the mirror and you actually see something there, yeah, I was shitting bricks. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the episode stuff, I also wanted to say episode three is the first episode we get the theme song, No Return, yes. uh, by Craig Wedren and Anna Warnker. And I think it was created just for this. It was supposed to get that like 90s feel, punk rock. It's great. I love it. It it really hits like no return. And it's <laughs> I mean, they wrote it perfectly because there's no return. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, what'd you guys think? Did you like it? Oh yeah, catchy as fuck theme song. Yeah. I definitely haven't skipped it since it's been introduced. I want to get the words down, you know. I want to <laughs> yeah. I want to be a diehard member here. So I'm trying to lyrically get it down. Truth be told, I forgot they introduced it episode three because i've seen these six times now so i'm already at the point where i'm prepared for it and like jamming no return no return so like i'm yeah i come on you guys know i like this show you know this about me but actually we see we see our boy no eyes slash the corinthian slash he kind of looks like that thing from spirited away if you know that he's in the intro monologue stuff for a quick flash yeah, yes. that song has been stuck in my head all day, and I just walked into the house, and like I said, Alki's now on episode eight, and it was playing as soon as yep. I walked in. I was like, I can't get this fucking song <laughs> out of my ha- out of my head. It's just insane. It's trying to stay in your life. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, so sitting back in 1996, the episode has a quick scene early on where we have the burial ceremony for all the people that died in the crash, and it quickly turns into one of the girls, I think it's Thaisa, finds a lake that's a couple of miles away. The girls have a deliberation over that, and they eventually go into the lake after a vote, and that's kind of how this episode starts off. So they're making moves. We're no longer at the crash site, and there's a couple of fun quotes that happen when we're at the lake revolving around uh, Travis and Van has a good line here, too. But 
any of those things you guys want to bring up? I don't really know the burial scene. We only had one girl, I think, died outside of the two pilots, the coach. Yeah, she's never going to hear Wonderwall again. Yeah. So <laughs> makes me laugh every time. So the only, good. The only thing they I do the 1990s of. references so well. That was like the biggest song ever, Wonderwall, which is just so funny. It was kind of interesting in a way watching them do this burial because in my, the back of my head, I know at some point, they're not going to be burying people. They're just going to be eating them straight up. So I'm just thinking in my head, like, who's going to be the last person to get like a good burial before they start just realizing like, oh, shit, that's like precious meat that we need <laughs> to fucking consume. So that was like yep. the only thing that was really going through my head with the burial, because it's not going to be much longer that they're going to be actually burying these people. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that Lorley was leading kind of the prayer. That is something she would step up in. And I'm starting to think her like devout faith might play a role in this i think i was having this conversation with my roommate at a certain point she might justify things by saying oh the lord would say it's acceptable divine you know divine uh intervention not it uh, not intervening divine justification is okay. what it would be mm. like oh god would want us to eat or something like that who knows mm-hmm. so laurely might be a survivor and i think her faith is going to play an important part but i also think it's noteworthy what the sides of the vote were luke you said i think Thaisa saw the lake yeah she saw the lake and mm-hmm. she forced a vote and the only holdouts were jackie whose stock is plummeting people <laughs> boy i am a reactionist in the first two episodes i could react positively to her but she is just blue floundering out she is not reacting well in the wake of this crisis so jackie Lorley, mari and akila were the only four holdouts uh when they voted on the lake and we haven't seen any of those four alive in present day so i'm starting to think this is the first kind of drawing a line all of the people that are still alive sided with Taisa, and this is kind of the more adventurous group, if you will. Mm-hmm. Misty was on that team. Nat was on that team. So I don't know. Yeah. Had they seen the bear at that point yet? They, that's on the nah, walk. They see there, it on right? the walk. On the yeah. walk. My instant reaction was, of course, like I would personally be on the side of let's go to the fucking lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been three days. Obviously, no one's coming. If they only have two more days of supplies, like that two days isn't going to change much for them. Like that's already just so much time. So I was on Team Lake. Nothing really too glaring besides like, yeah, B times. I love that observation that you brought up of the four people that did vote to stay. We've not seen their older counterparts. So I think that's a really interesting right. point to bring up. Yeah, I'm kind of just rambling here. I forgot there was something else I wanted to mention, as always, that, that I forgot. So I just want to be in a big crowd, you know, mm-hmm. excluding the fact that they hadn't really seen the bear yet, but just pray itself. If there's like a pack of wolves like they had. You're pretty concerned on. about this bear, dude. They didn't even seem that concerned. Coach did a little bit. I also liked his choice. Wolves can take down anything if the pack's big enough. I mean, I bet yellow jackets could do the same thing. And that's my (laughs) that's my argument for why I would why I think they should all have gone together rather than leave some people behind because you just never know. But the Mm -hmm. only reason I'm harping on this bear, I guess I can just bring it up now is coach specifically mentions a pack of wolves that could have possibly taken it down. And then in episode four, Thaisa when she's a little bit tipsy sees a wolf mm-hmm. so like there's this like theme of wolves kind of appearing in these past two couple episodes so maybe not so like obsessed with the bear itself just what happened to the bear and she also yeah. if you remember in episode two when she's doing the shadow puppets on the wall for oh, sammy she, she does the wolf and freaks yeah. out for a second yeah. Think about yeah. That, yeah so like when they get to the lake just i need both your opinions on this but is is travis actually hot <laughs> oh yeah I think he's a one. <laughs> he's a one. No, I think he's a good one. What's that mean again? 
What does that it, mean again? The scale is zero, one, or two. It's just shortened from ten. It's zero. You wouldn't hook up with them. One, you would, and two, you would marry him. That's okay. That's it. Yeah, so I, think, I agree. A one. Yeah. If yeah. if he's the only guy in the in the he had a better town. personality, he's definitely a two. But I think he's, yeah. he's definitely he's definitely a, a good looking <laughs> gent. He's just such a fucking dick. I can't get over it. If you're into moody guys and like kind of Nat the bad is. boys, I I wouldn't be. Nat is. I think yeah. Mari, though, that was kind of interesting that she was she was on team. He's looking good. Mm -hmm. Jackie just immediately rebuffs him. Come on, guys. It's been three days. <laughs> that was good. She's yeah, like, <laughs> I'll give it to her. I'll give it to her. <laughs> I, I want to get into a Jackie debate later once we get more into like why and how she's acting up. But um, before we do that, I just need to give them props for the scene of them running into the lake by um, dreams by the cranberries is just an iconic scene. That's an iconic song from the nineties cranberries fucking rock. And you, you have to remember that like they're still kids. They still like, even in these terrible, depressing, sad moments, when something like this happens, they just are playing chicken and they're mm -hmm. messing around like they for kind of can forget that they're in this terrible, awful situation and just have fun for a little bit, even if it doesn't really last that long. And speaking of that moment when they get there, did you get any? Um, I guess this is just for B. Thompson, Kathleen, any hundred radioactive vibes? Because Van just walks in, oh, hell yeah, bitches. And then the music starts playing. <laughs> and they bit, all run yeah. In. I was like, that's dope. <laughs> yep. For once, 100%. we get some happy music playing for these girls. Yeah. yeah. We're two for two on hundred references on these two episodes so far. So let's keep it going. <laughs> Love it. Missy starts spraying coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, poor coach. Poor coach. <laughs> Missy is some Munchausen's by proxy fucking you know, you guys know Munchausen's by proxy? No. Okay, so Munchausen's <laughs> by proxy is if you've ever seen Mommy Dead and Dearest on uh Netflix or not Netflix on HBO, it's it's a true story. So basically, Gypsy Rose was the daughter and this mom was making her sick, like poisoning her making her have cancer e type things. And like, she got to make a wish, like all these crazy things, but she was never sick. Like it Munchausen's by proxy. There's Munchausen's and then there's by proxy. So basically the pro by proxy is you are making somebody sick and then you are saving them. You are being their savior after they're sick, even though you're the one making them sick. Yeah. Know what I mean? Okay. And so you could get yeah. all the love and the props and the pity and stuff like that. You want all that stuff. Misty is like 100% just mm -hmm. like tripping coach oh, and she... like doing all these things just to like, oh, it's brutal. It's yeah. so brutal. <laughs> this is episode three is not great for coach, but he rallies and I will oh, totally yeah. give him the credit there. Oh, yeah. Yep. He gives me the ick in this episode. The biggest thing oh, like when say he's screaming. In general. Yeah, yeah. Just in the scene where he falls and is yelling, I'm like, I mean, we can move along to this because after the girls see the light, mm -hmm. it's the whole intro into the cabin and basically that whole first day, which ends with Coach having the panic attack. So I'll just open the floor to to Travis being annoying with Javi. Um, Shauna and Jackie start to make up and then the whole coach actually like breaking down and Misty kind of like cuddling with him. So like, okay. those are the next three scenes. But we could keep talking about the coach thing because, yeah, I agree. Like, it's hard to root for him at this point. But he does rally pretty damn heavily in episode four. It kind of hit me when he's screaming fuck you at his leg. I was just like, it's just such a rude awakening to just one moment have both your legs, everything be normal, and then now be stranded in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And not only that, you've now lost a leg as well. So his shrieks were definitely like bone chilling. 
but I think it was really well done because I probably would have been, I would be probably very frustrated with myself too, because he probably himself knows that he's supposed to be the leader of these mm-hmm. girls. And yet here he is being cared after Misty has to help him poop kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> oh God, you know, I, he does I do, say, why couldn't I have just died? Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I would probably mm-hmm. be having those same thoughts as well. So mm-hmm. I can't really blame him, but yeah, he was definitely very on the bottom of the totem pole prior to episode four. Yeah. Everybody here is entitled to like one freak out where they just say, fuck the world. This is absolute bullshit. Why am I here? Everybody gets one. Jackie kind of had hers today, too, where Van was just like, well, we came to the lake. So what good is this doing? She's like, this is a fucking nightmare and just storms out like, do you, girl, get out of the situation. Clear your head. Add on to it. Coach lost a leg. He is entitled to everything there. Don't get the ick from him. He does rally. And I know I said Jeff was my boy in the last episode, so I'm clearly a terrible judge of character, but I'm holding out for coach. I also had the thought creep into my mind that he's going to be the first victim of cannibalism. Don't know where it came from. Just he's a gut a, feeling I was getting. It's but, he's the most, he only has one leg. So if you're going to eat someone, it might as well be the person who's already lost a little bit of meat in themselves. Yeah, like, he's got less no, meat. That would be the opposite. <laughs> yeah, guess, yeah, you want more but, meat. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Jeff. I'm just going to slide this in really quick right here. I'm actually trending up on Jeff. I have like some theories that we'll get to mm-hmm. when we get there, but I think I'm trending up on Jeff. A little, a little nuanced for me. But you moment. said that thing about Jackie having her one freak out because she was yep. being a huge freaking baby when the food was all poisoned or not poisoned, yeah. spoiled in the Maggots cabin or whatever. Right. Yeah. She had a line about, you know how my parents are when she made Jeff drive her home first in episode one. So I think her backstory, she might not have like the beautiful, perfect life that was mm-hmm. painted for us. So we'll see. It was an overreaction in the way where the food is spoiled. So she says, this is why we should have stayed at the plane. I'm like, girl, you found a house. And you this is way had, better than the plane. Like you almost found free food. So but they they gained so much by getting that house, like all the gun, all the ammo, just a, a sound shelter it's, in general. She's not being rational. It wasn't yeah. about that. It was about the fact that half of the squad, her best friend included, went against her in the vote. And really, they haven't had a chance to discuss it, which Shauna being the bigger person, just being like, I went with my gut. I don't know what the hell's going on. I thought that was right. It wasn't against you. I just need my breast <laughs> breast friend. Uh, I guess so that's also accurate, but best friend. Let's expand upon that because that's a pretty important scene is Shauna and Jackie finally kind of making up. And Kathleen, I guess this is a little bit more for you. I was such an anti young Shauna character fan the first watch through. And I guess with total hindsight of having watched the whole first season, no spoiler here. I love older Shauna and I always did. And I just, Mm -hmm. I just thought like old Shauna's the shit. Young Shauna sucks. That was my whole mindset basically for most of the first watch through. But now with my hindsight, I actually kind of like Shauna a lot, like young Shauna even. Yeah, I think I think she's a really like layered character. I think they did a really good job with her. I think Jackie's always been the one making the decisions. And now Shauna's like, like you said, I'm making this decision because I think it's right. That's just my vote. I get a vote. And that was my vote. Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to feel sorry because she didn't match with Jackie. And I think she's getting some of her like bearings, right? She's she's getting a little bit of a voice here now that they once they crashed, you know. Yeah. And we didn't talk about how she confronted Taisa about it when Taisa was like, thanks for having my back. She's like, I didn't have your back. 
you don't know that that was the right thing to do. None of us know what's going on. I think she's just the most rational and the only one able to take a step back and see this situation for what it is. And I think the gravity of it and the reality has already hit her. And I don't think it really has for everybody else. Right. Yeah. Just curiously, uh, I might be getting this confused with an episode four scene just to go into all these scenes that we're covering. Did Lottie see the symbol here or is that in no. episode four? I think that's next episode, episode. four. Yeah. Like not in the house though. I'm still talking about like the one on the tree. Yeah, that because ha- she sees the one in the house first. Okay. So that, and which okay. is the end of this episode. What? Yeah. There yeah, were so scenes basically- where Lottie was like, observing it yeah uh, we'll we'll talk about it because if you missed Mr. it I, saw I, I it three that. times <laughs> i know i love it gonna have to pop it in for a fourth um before we get to the first night though the only other thing i mentioned earlier was just anybody want to throw a comment out there about travis and javi like that weird interaction with the gum uh listen he had to stop chewing that gum <laughs> that's how brothers operate anybody else have a brother here dave does yeah i do D- you would help Ice if he needed to be helped that way in this crisis, or else you'd be the one chewing the gum, and I'd have to help you. Yeah, I'd be telling Jimmy to Dave. spit the gum out. It wouldn't be the other way around. <laughs> He'd be so sweet to me, and I'd be like, spit. "He's a dick. Like, Give me that gum." He was oh. a dick about it, but he's a dick about everything. I don't think he meant that more malicious than he means anything else to anyone. That's just who he is. Which fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about Travis. Up yeah, to this point. kind he of sucks, bro. Yeah, you can't talk about him. He's dead now. <laughs> That's the true. logistics yeah. of how That's that so gum managed to stay in Javi's mouth through an entire plane crash. Three days, too. And three days is a miracle. To Bro, me. have like, you ever seen Willy Wonka? Veruca bubblegum? Yeah, so you think the plane's <laughs> crashing? He's like, let me just fucking put this bubblegum piece behind my ear and keep it there until we land safely on the ground. Now we can kind of end episode three's kid stuff. Lottie's already feeling like, I don't like this house. Before she even goes in the attic, she's like, I don't like the vibes here. Bad vibes all around. Then we get Taisa waking up in the middle of the night. This is kind of cross-cutting with her as a a little baby as well. Mm -hmm. She goes up and sees Lottie kind of sitting there like a little gargoyle. They said the place stunk. This is probably why I got dusty bones upstairs. Dead guy. And the symbol on the, on the floor. floor, yeah. And the symbol on the floor. Yeah. Not much to comment on. It's creepy. No. We knew this place was creepy. The music told us all we had to know about this place. But the tangent I want to go on is I think Lottie is now in the running for Antler Queen. I think she's just like seeing things and she might be the first one to have kind of a out there idea. And if they're hungry enough, people are just going to pile on top of her idea. So she might be antler queen. And I agree with you, Dave. I think Taisa might be antler queen because I think she's just got leader vibes and it ain't going to be Jackie. <laughs> I also didn't note that when they saw the light flickering to even attract them to the house, what was that flickering? Like was someone up there like flagging them down, trying to draw them in. And then they just like, didn't really investigate it. My roommate was just like, nah, dude, it's not part of the plot. It's like, I was like, it might be part of the plot, man. <laughs> I thought the but, same thing. I thought the same thing be times, but you could also reason it to be maybe the sun's reflections were hitting some of the windows, but it was a big glare. It was a huge. Yeah, glare. I get cult vibes. I think this oh, yeah. sign that we keep seeing is like a cult. That's just like around here. Maybe that was a guy that got alienated from the cult or something. They voted him out and he was in solitude and he was like, I'm just going to end it. Not good. No lip sealed. <laughs> so this flows right into episode four kid stuff. We're just going to keep going. 1996. 
Lottie's continually being a creep. Misty's helping Coach Ben go to the bathroom, as we said. Um, we're just living another day. So this is the episode where we're doing all the gun stuff. Um, it starts with Travis just like messing around with it, shooting a squirrel with like 10 people just around him like an idiot. So Ben's like, yo, my dad took me hunting. We're going to do a little competition. So they do the coin competition. They do the real competition. And then it flows into him and Nat going on the journey, which was probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. I mean, it shows not only Nat's backstory we get, but Travis and Nat have they just have a really good conversation where mm-hmm. you can finally see Travis as like a human and not just this like dick who's like romping around camp. You know what I mean? Okay. So mm-hmm. we can talk about anything in, in those sections, whatever you guys want. I still hate Travis at the end of the day. I still think he doesn't need to be a dick <laughs> for the reasons that he is. I get that he's going through the death of his father, who he actually it seems like he didn't even like anyway, but it was a really actually touching moment when he's like, I need to get my grandfather's ring and because he just wants it. He doesn't admit it's for Javi, but Natalie kind of pieces it together that it is for going to be for Javi. And so definitely a really nice moment for Travis. And he hasn't been a dick since that interaction, which is good. So I guess there's potential for him to still turn around in my eyes. But like everything that he's done to his brother, to all the girls, it's still it still overshadows that one gesture of kindness, even if it was like really genuine. I think you guys are holding Travis way too accountable for being a jerk. He pointed the gun at Nat. That was over the line. But that that had happened at this point, I suppose. But still, like like Nat said to Lottie, he just lost his fucking dad. Nobody else is compounding that on top of the plane crash stuff. He just buried that dude. Like Nat is. Nat's giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yes, correct. But we know why, because she also lost a dad. Like Kathleen was saying, I'm glad these two kind of have, I almost want to say shared interests of having the dead dad, but they come from kind of the same story, I guess. So they can relate in that sense. Nat knows how to roll pearls. That was good to see the ring for Javi. That was a good. They have a trauma bond, like their trauma bond got right. them that deer basically fell in love with each other right then and there. <laughs> oh, you know what? You also called Lottie a creep and I don't, like that adjective for Lottie. She's all mm. for meds. You can't hold her accountable for being a creep. And also, she was right to be cautious of this building. I feel like she's like a medium or some shit. If we're going supernatural, and the, the medication supernatural keeps, is like the medication uh, keeps those powers at bay, kind of thing. No, I I feel like that's pretty outlandish. But I did say in the last episode, like schizophrenic or something. I I don't know. I think it's a mental illness that isn't so like in your face it's like depression or just generalized anxiety and clearly gonna, she's feeling the effects of not being on her meds i'm gonna say she's a creep <laughs> well, i love Lottie. Whoa, I'm a big don't Lottie tell fan. me that from a veteran standpoint no she's literally like like i said gargoyling and just staring off in the distance like she was just sitting next to that dead guy like chilling like that's creep behavior yeah Lottie has been the most, spoiling one anything. of the most interesting like rewatch things like I've been paying way more attention to her because I feel like in the beginning there's so many characters and as the first time watching I'm sure you guys have the benefit of taking notes and like thinking about this for a podcast but I was just binging like there's so many characters thrown at once that Lottie was someone that kind of got backtracked but now like rewatching and stuff she is a very interesting part of the story and I'm very curious to see like, 
like how you guys react to her second half of the season and stuff. Going back to what we were talking about with Travis and Nat, I said this when I like sat down and was watching with Dave and Alki. Uh, we, I think we watched episode four yesterday. I just fucking love young Nat. Like anytime she's on the screen, she's just cool. Like, of course she can roll a fucking nice joint. Like why? She's just so cool. And she makes me almost like Travis more just because Nat likes Travis. But transitive property. Yeah. I mean, I think B Tom's is this potentially what you the note that you couldn't didn't bring up was the flex story, maybe. Yeah, it actually was the flex story. So what do you think? Such a horrible rumor. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Definitely a horrible rumor. I'm glad he was at least able while they're high to like kind of laugh about it Mm because she's like, so can you? And he's like, (laughs) I fucking wish, man. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great response. They're just baked out of their minds, just chilling in this disastrous scene. So that was definitely a good moment. Yeah. Also, the girl Mari. It was kind of one who really hasn't had much of anything yet, but she keeps calling him flex. And she also commented that he's hot. Maybe that's her way of flirting with him, like Mm. making fun of him. But like, she's kind of being mean if flex means what flex means. Travis and Nat are now bringing back the deer that they got so smoothly. I love those scenes. And I love this because Ben takes takes um charge of explaining what to do next he's the one who was the hunter so first thing we got to do is bleed it out amazing because in the first episode you literally see them kill this girl and then bleed her out right mm-hmm. that's why they hang her up so they it's just foreshadowing some, they learn something the... from ben to help them cannibalize exactly. each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, that, if you're right and ben is the first person they actually cannibalize then it's ironic regret that yeah it's ironic <laughs> that he taught them to bleed it out yeah. and then he's gonna be the one yep that's a good theory i like it same so, bleed it out this much makes me think of lincoln park oh. lincoln park been yeah. thinking of it yeah. the whole time she's been talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was hoping someone was going to make that comment. (laughs) Shauna is the one that steps up to cut the knife, which I think is just another cool layer to her story and or character, rather, not the story. But before this scene, Javi and Shauna have their scene with the journaling, which, again, is just another layer to her. While everybody's ooing and aahing over the gun they just found, she steps away and tries to just process her feelings about the plane crash. Just another way that she is the one that's able to take a step back. And I thought it was a very weird relationship that they're trying to establish with Shauna and Javi. I did not see these two really crossing paths that much, but oh, I got some details. Yeah, I got some details for you, brother. <laughs> Why do you have someone details? has to? I have someone a theory. has to talk to I, Javi. Yeah, you're theory. right. Well, it wasn't even Shauna coming to him. It was Javi going to Shauna. So I I don't know. I guess it makes sense since he left the gun competition. It, it was just a weird pairing i guess yeah but dude i don't know what it is about shauna gaining the skills that she uses in 2021 like seeing her step up and be the first one to to bleed it out and then you can connect that back to the 2021 stuff where she's killing and gutting the the rabbit i don't know i just think she's such a badass and the fact that they're like looking around like who's gonna go who's gonna bleed this deer she's like i'll i'll try it and she just does it in like one go I'm st- I, I like I'm just like starting to love Shauna. I don't know why I felt so differently. The the rewatch has been amazing because I've had such a shift in who I liked and didn't like the first time through, except for Nat, because Nat's been the young Nat's mm-hmm. been the best both times. So. We're good with the bleeding out of the deer. A couple yeah, more yeah. things happen later that day, and now we can actually talk about the second time we see the symbol in the woods because the girls 
go around the forest. They're foraging for food. They're all hungry and stuff. Still, I feel like they're just grabbing things and they they have the quick interaction with the shrooms. They don't know if it's poison or if it's like drug shrooms and stuff. And at this point is when Lottie sees the symbol on the tree and like kind of stops and looks at it. Doesn't say anything, which I grant her. Like I was confused at why she wouldn't point that out to everybody, but then I kind of make sense because the symbol is also in the cabin. So it's like been around. You can attribute it to the guy who lived in the cabin, I guess. Like and that's why she doesn't say anything. Like if she had seen it in the woods first, I feel like she would have brought it up. Yes. But the fact that yes. she sees it in the house first and then in the woods kind of leaves her to yeah. be like, this is something weird. And when she's looking at it, I'm thinking she's thinking the same thing as me. There's something that brought this plane down. I'm think like I even theorized it in our first episode recording of episodes one and two. I think that we never see how or why the plane specifically goes down. I think whatever this cult is is going to be the cause of this plane crash. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't just a pure coincidence plane crash. Like they they crashed perfectly in this area of people that want to hunt them down essentially. And so I think Lottie's looking at the symbol and being like, there's something going on here. And she can't quite make that connection yet to it maybe being the cause of the plane crash. But to me, when she's looking at that symbol, she's really dissecting it. And I think she's thinking in her head, there are other forces at play here. The the bleeding out of the deer happens after this plane crash scene and the shroom scene. So that's why they were foraging. But it all is kind of happening within back-to-back minutes of the show. Right. So if there's mm-hmm. anything else you guys want to bring up about the plane, because that was definitely something that took me by surprise, especially when Jackie almost die- or I guess Van almost dies until Jackie saves her. Yeah, are they even now? I say yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. she didn't answer when Jackie asked. Yeah, Van's okay. still a little pissed, but Jackie was, did kind of save her there. That mm-hmm. was uh, Van's freak out was in the first or the second episode when she gets when she saves herself and then she comes out and she's like, why the fuck are you guys <laughs> not helping me out in there? Like, oh, So that was her freak out. But now she's kind of cooling off because Jackie did have her back there. And well, what was Lottie's exact wording? They didn't want it to leave or they didn't want them to leave. Yeah, it was something weird. Where it it like, didn't want them to leave. It didn't want them to leave. Talking about a supernatural force that she's feeling, yeah. not wanting the person in the cabin and assumedly the pilots of this plane to leave. That's how I took it. Yeah. All right. I think we're <laughs> to the to the old kids. We're to the 2021 stuff. No comment about just the 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 carnivorous like way they were crushing that deer at night and like licking their fingers and stuff which of course they would be do yeah it is what it is and then the misty trips coach around this time too but that's really all that happens i hate when they emphasize the chewing and everything again it's just like that movie fresh with sebastian stan they (laughs) really when they're eating the people they're really getting in their mouths and showing them. oh yeah it's i hate it it makes me want to go vegetarian but i'll never do it (laughs) i wonder what deer tastes like without a single seasoning no salt no garlic powder no pepper (laughs) like come on what's that fucking taste like the bambi burger oh god that was fucked up (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is man whoever you want to go through first because these are all pretty isolated the three main characters being nat shauna and taisa with misty jumping back and forth through a couple of the buckets so i think shauna and jeff is probably the most siloed so we leave them in episode two with them having a really good bang, or at least on Jeff's side, he thought it was a Woo! really good bang. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, but Shauna finds the text, right? From the maybe, maybe cheating, maybe not, right? So the next morning, 
our our little mischievous Shauna is is setting him up for failure, right? She she knows that at 4 p.m. they're meeting, so she says, Jeff, can you pick me up? It's all the way across town. I can't Uber. And he's like, nah, babe, can't. Re- they really need me in the store. And he is just like setting himself up, and she's just looking at him like, you piece of shit. It's yeah. so good. I love it. And then she basically just tracks him down, right? Um, and they they end up at the hotel. I also just want to say that for people who is Jeff's stock is rising or falling or whatever it is, they do a really good job of making him seem like just like a a guy who's excited about like adding celery into his juice. He's just like, hey, babe, he's like telling he was telling her about work like the night before. He's just like a normal guy. And they yeah. do a really good job painting him that way. And I really like Jeff. I, I just like even in this like beginning episodes. And I remember my first time around being like, I like Jeff. I feel like Shauna is just being Shauna. So what do, what do you guys think about the chase to the hotel? Anything in those beginning scenes? What, what's the vibe? At this point, they're both cheaters. They got together by cheating with each other behind their best friend's back. If you marry a cheater, you got to expect cheating. And what does she do to retaliate on his cheating? Well, she cheats on him. (laughs) So nobody's really in the right here. And at this point, you can never justify cheating. But Shauna seems pretty checked out of this relationship. And I think her whole thing is she's just trying to chase a thrill that she only attained when she was in the wilderness. Like that is kind of what her adulthood has become. So I think when she confirmed the suspicion of him cheating, obviously she's upset. You can't avoid that. But Adam walks in and she gets over it pretty quick and has a much better time with the quote unquote book club. So the chase is hysterical. I think she should have asked Misty for some help because she is a horrible (laughs) stalker and is so obvious And if you're a car dealer, you would notice your giant maroon minivan from the early 90s in your lot. And he just walked right past it. But I guess he had his mind on other things. Kathleen, I loved what you were saying. I like Jeff, but they're both cheaters. So I can't all in like either of them, except I do all in like Shauna because she's a great character. It's so funny. It's so funny that you keep saying that Jeff is a cheater because I'm actually switching off of that train. I'm actually going to make a, an argument here that I don't think Jeff is cheating. So the main reason I thought that was because at first, obviously, the signs were there. The one main thing is like 4 p.m. is a weird meetup time if you are going to cheat. Like, wouldn't it be like 10 p.m., something like that? So that was like a first little red flag that maybe means nothing or anything. But the second one for me was... When Shauna sees Jeff leaving the hotel with the girl, he still has his wedding ring on. His arm's not around her. They're not holding hands. It looks like it's honestly like a business deal, something that could benefit maybe their family that he's just like withholding from her. And so it's a drama show. I think Shauna has now cheated. She's going to find out that Jeff has never been cheating this whole time. He's just trying to do some business deals or something outside of just cheating just he's still innocent and so that's just going to cause a riff and guilt into shauna where she's going to be like holy fuck i'm the cheater now and jeff has been loyal this whole time and so i think that would bring a lot of just a big fire to this whole situation (laughs) i still it's still up in the air whether he is or not but i just think that the signs are a little bit more now in the favor of i think shauna is now the cheater just shauna (laughs) 
this is the one thing I'm trying not to overthink in this show. <laughs> so it would make sense that this is the one thing I'm completely yeah. wrong about. The nail in the coffin for me is the little red box with the white ribbon. That See, looks like jewelry. That's what you give a mistress. But at mm. the same time, it could be a gift from his company that he is the proxy for for a business deal i i'm having all of the same thoughts i just ended on the other side of the fence as you dave but it it hasn't been confirmed and that would be a great like reveal oh you're the only one that betrayed your marriage I like obviously no comment on anything that you guys just said i love hearing this this dialogue of both sides of it because I was having similar thoughts as both of you when I was watching for the first time. But I just want to point out again, I might have said it in the first podcast. I just really enjoy Adam's character on the screen, not necessarily an indictment or like pro or con for him himself. But I just like his character, his actor's performance. And I think it just spices up the 2021 timeline a lot more because I remember through the first at least three episodes texting Kathleen like, I don't give a fuck about 2021. I just want to see the girls in the cabin and by the lake and and like just doing crazy shit but then i i feel like adam was the spice that was kind of needed to make this all more interesting so like and he gets really highlighted in episode three and four especially because at the end of this interaction in the hotel they end up banging for the first time that's pretty sure how the episode three closes out but yeah i just wanted to point that out there because adam's adam's fun to watch i have so much i want to get into with adam just so many thoughts because Initial reaction off just one watch, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Clown, just Mr. <laughs> thinks he's Mr. Suave. Milf Hunter. Yeah, Milf Hunter. Okay, whatever. Second watch through, I'm like, okay, he's sketchy. He's very sketchy. Like, he was perfectly there at the time for the crash. I mean, he could have been following her, or like ahead of her, but like still trying to keep a tab on her, break at the weird time to kind of get this introduction. He just shows up at the hotel, like for a drink, like no one's getting a fucking drink at a hotel, my guy. So <laughs> double 4 down. p.m. Yeah, you're and he's doubling down on him like he, he and he hesitates on the second one. I'm like, this guy is sketchy. Third watch. I'm like, I make this weird. I just <laughs> it kind of clicked for me. I don't know if this is accurate or not. I think that Adam is Javi. Does that change your opinion, Vitoms, at all? Like, so we we had already alluded and talked about how Shauna and Javi had that random interaction in, in episode three, whatever it was. With the journal? Uh, with the journal and everything. And so just that, like, one interaction to me kind of planted the seed and idea that I think Adam is is just Javi, who's just been obsessed with Shauna since the crash. So some, like, tracking her down, just wanting to get this bang from her gets it but like obviously things are going really well like but again and then to go off of that a little bit more i don't know if adam i don't know if adam's intentions are going to be good or bad like if he was tracking shauna down was it for the intentions that he did really like her and wanted to have a thing with her or is it because for whatever reason maybe was the one that killed travis and now he's haunting them all down individually i mean again that would be Javi killing his older brother, which might be a little bit of a stretch, but does that does that mean that you think if that theory were to be correct, Javi slash Adam would be the one sending the postcards? Yeah, but I don't think it would be that simple. Like I don't think it's Javi because that seems like too simple a little bit. But just so much going through, it was just funny that each time I watched it, I just felt differently about Adam <laughs> each time. Yeah, and so I know I kind of ranted a little bit there a few times, but I, I just want to hear your theory. thoughts. Yeah, on on it's that sad. connection. Yeah, I'm not ready to t entertain Adam is Javi theory, so I'm just going <laughs> to 
leave you to that one. My whole thing is, Luke, you're right. I, like, I enjoy when he's on the screen. I think he's doing his thing with the character. Very interesting. You said that was the spice in 2021 that you needed because I couldn't care less about like, like, what is this? I don't know. Nat and Misty are killing it. Thaisa's got political intrigue going on. Shauna's like getting cutesy with a guy. And I'm underplaying it. I actually love this entire story <laughs> and everybody's storyline. But this is not the spice that I needed in 2021. And everything else is also engaging. My whole thing with Adam is who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, I, I meant agree. spice in the Shauna specific time on it. I should have clarified. Okay, like the, cool. Just her storyline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same thing, Brian, when he said the spice. I was like, it's so funny because me and Alex are rewatching Yellow Jackets right now. We got up to episode six before we started podcasting, and I almost spoiled you guys like 20 times last time. So I was like, I am not watching anymore with you because I'm going to say yeah. bad things on the podcast. <laughs> but I agree. This is my now third time watching episode four and I was or three I guess whichever one is the Shauna Adam romping around town going mini golfing and shit that's four I was zipping through it I was zipping I was like I've seen this five times I don't need to see they're really just going on dates there's nothing besides Shauna being pretty withholding with him and he really wants to get to know her Dave I love your theories Brian I love that you will not hop on it yet that you can't (laughs) buy stock in it I fucking love these conversations um but I still love Adam like Luke said I I agree with what he said it spices up the Shauna storyline but I agree that Misty and that as adults are just like fire everything Misty says makes me laugh it's so crazy I can't wait to get to that storyline just to bring you guys into where my mental state is at i looked over at my roommate and like dude is is adam a ghost has anybody seen adam he's like dude who did she crash the car into though also he's (laughs) driving shauna in this car right at this moment who's driving this car i'm like he might not be a ghost but that that's i'm at i i can't get a read on this guy and we kind of catch him in the middle of him describing his past life and he's like oh yeah i I guess the nypd didn't appreciate a bank safe dangling over the streets of chelsea ha 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 so that's why i had to move across the river but i just follow the work bro it's so (laughs) easy bro i just go with the flow bro all right my other hot take is that he is a quote-unquote collector like from sandman and he knows that shauna was in the plane crash and it's like Let's be honest. Did you actually eat those people? Because I'm into eating people. Let's eat someone together. Hey, isn't your husband cheating on you? Let's eat Jeff. Wildest theory. (laughs) Pinfoil hat on. Why is he so? Why is he so? Like, it's not just, oh, the universe wants us together. It can't be. It's not that easy. I think this dude's creep. Way creepier than Lottie, Kathleen. So that's the question. Is he being sketchy and he's being shown as being sketchy as a red herring or is there something super deep to it? And that's, that's obviously what you're going to have to figure that's out because it could it could go either route. Like, I guess he could be carnivore. B. Tom's trying to eat Jeff or he could be with Dave's side and he is actually Javi. We'll fucking I will find say, out <laughs> if he is Javi. That would explain a lot. But, but I don't be, think they could Javi. be both because he could be Javi and the carnivore survivor. I mean, the cannibal survivors. It could be both. Yeah. That was a great theory of Tom's, but it just definitely <laughs> emphasizes the fact that Jeff, at the end of the day, he was just there at the right moments, the right time, and it's just weird. It's you just fucking Jeff. weird. Adam. Sorry, Adam. sorry, Adam. Yeah. Yes, Adam was there at the right places, the right time, and it's just fucking weird. I don't know what to think of it. Mm-hmm. You mean hobby? <laughs> Not actually. <laughs> we-
All right. Anything else on the Shauna Jeff Adam stuff oh. slash Javi? The what was the final thing that slash Javi? What was the final <laughs> scene with them again? Oh, it's the bridge. Uh, when they jump into oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bridge, we see, ja- we see Jackie. My first initial take was Jackie's fucking dead, but yep. <sighs> I mean, she could still technically be alive, obviously. Like, there's no confirmation, but we do see her seeing young Jackie. It's not like an older version of herself. Like, but I, I take it as Jackie is dead, but I'm also not, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackie somehow is still alive. But that's, that's just like the biggest, that's just like the main image I think Shauna has of Jackie is just the younger Jackie picture. So I, I immediately took it as Jackie's dead, but I'm leaving it on the table that she still could be alive. Okay. Good the show does a lot of that, doesn't it? Like Nat seeing Misty at the at the um, bonfire. Yeah. Um, in this episode, she sees old Travis, Travis in, the in the mirror behind. There's a lot of that. There's mm-hmm. there's a ton of that. I like it. It's good. Taisa sees a guy with no eyes in a mirror. People are seeing people and wolves and shit. Yeah, for Did real. We talk about the moans that Taisa was hearing in the woods too. Because she hears it as an adult as well, but she hears oh, yeah. moans coming from the woods when they're walking to the lake. I'll bring it up again when we're in adult Taisa. Okay. okay. We can walk let's, right into let's that. Let's go there. Ooh. Yeah. Misty Still- did call Shauna and tell her that Travis is dead, though. That's how her stuff ends. So she's yeah. now aware that currently yeah. Travis is dead. And my so- one comment on that, though, is that Misty was eerily happy to get that news out to Shauna. That's right. the only comment I have to say about that. She's a, she's a freak. freak. Yeah, we'll talk more about Misty. She's so fun to talk I about. I love her. Though. Or we'll end, we'll end on that stuff. I was Misty was just like thought you might want to know. I think maybe Travis and Shauna. I for some reason that oh struck God. a note with me. She's cheat like Nat and fuck. I'm getting all these names confused now. It's Nat and Travis, Travis. and then Shauna cheats on like yeah. enters that little love triangle she's moved from one triangle to another <laughs> like what a that would be horrible she'd be a total she's the guy. ultimate cheater <laughs> she's yeah, like she get really in is. any relationship she could she get really into is. all right so ty adult time is basically the storyline is she's getting cannibal themed at hate ads against her by her opponent phil and her and her wife are kind of adopting this like when they go low, we go high type deal. They're not mm-hmm. they're not using the hate. But as the episodes go on, Ty's, you know, Ty's a badass. She's not going to take this shit sitting down. She She's like, fuck off. But um, one of big reveal that I forgot wasn't revealed yet was that the reporter was hired by Ty, which is great. Ty's literally hiring people to be like, go to my yellow jackets and make sure they're not going to talk. And if they're going to talk, yeah. I'm going to beat the shit out of them, which is Luke- awesome. I'm glad you brought that up right now because uh, Luke, Alki, and I had a, a pretty decent conversation about what we thought the reporter's deal was. Me and Alki were saying that we took it just like how you said, Kathleen, that it's just Thaisa is just trying to get the, the scoop on if people are spilling the beans on what happened in the mountains yeah. or not. And she's willing if and if they are, she's probably willing to go extra the extra mile of, you know, disposing of them mm-hmm. if they do. So, again, just goes to that. The whole Thais is not taking no shit from nobody kind of thing. I so. just misread that whole thing. My first watch through, but I'm completely on that's That's what the whole goal was. And it makes a lot more sense this time. Mm-hmm. Victim of yeah. binging happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does happen. Um, So Jessica 
drops that Phil's daughter is a junkie, as they say. She's 18. She's fair game. Keep that in your back pocket if you want to release it, right? And at the same time, her, her creep is the theme of the episodes. Um, her creepy son punches some, a kid in the nose uh, for calling his mom a cannonball. <laughs> Which is really cute. But man, yeah, Sammy. Yeah. Give me your Sammy thoughts. Let's hear it. Well, this is the first time I'm going to confirm your use of the word creep because Sammy, dude, you got to like do something with the eyes or just like <laughs> drop the doll, man. Also, that doll looks like they just plucked it from like a 16th century Victorian child and like dress it up for modern times. No dolls are like made out of that material anymore. It's all creep all around. Plus, yeah. why is this kid playing with dolls? Why is he fixated on the doll? Like, why Why can't he just talk with some enthusiasm? Why is he all monotone? Sammy's just got to figure it out. Yeah. How about his, like, no, be quiet. Give him back. Like, that was, like, wild. I was, was like, so Ooh. weird because then the immediate scene, I get it's not, like, immediately for the events that happened to them. Like, it's immediately after. But he's in the bed then being all innocent. So, yeah. It's like, is was he being possessed in that moment? Is like Manny telling him to do, was that the doll's <laughs> name? Like Manny's telling him to do shit, like go freak out at your mom, get me back. He's a freak. He is another freak to add into this. And <laughs> I hate calling him that because he's a kid and obviously he doesn't know really anything. But I did like that he was actually capable of, you know, standing up for his mom as well. Like the kid's talking shit on his mom, deserves to get fucking hit and Sammy does it. <laughs> so I just assume that like serial killers, like when they're, kids like this is how they act that's just with the vibes i get completely yeah, he I mean, seems like a sociopath yeah he does he really is but i think it's it's not going to be his fault obviously i think whatever he is seeing is making him be this way sammy also says you're not the bad one to her thoughts. yeah no thoughts who is the bad one i'm i know only as much as taisa knows like i i have no idea what's going on with him dave i was thinking is manny possessed is he possessed by the no eye guy what is up with the lady in the trees like i'm gonna be pissed if supernatural th forces aren't at play because they are ringing the supernatural forces are at play right now bell and it's like i, I don't know how i feel about it i certainly don't know anything about it hearing it out too with lady in the tree we see the guy with no eyes he's a man so it's obviously not the person that thing is not what sammy Same is thing. referring to in the tree so there's some kind of male female counterpart going on here with thais's family and how that ties in i have no idea but we've definitely seen we've gotten two spooky characters now lady in the tree no-eyed man corinthian mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything else with Sammy specifically, but I think that episode ends with what Kathleen was talking about. Uh, Thaisa ends up calling the political op opponent and just laying it out, which was kind of really badass. <laughs> She's like, don't yeah. fuck with me. <laughs> it's kind of what Misty does to the to the old head that throws her, her food on the ground. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, and Mike. the doll's ripped up in the basement. That yeah. was oh yeah yeah that too. Wild. In the style of the no eye guy, she steps on an eye, and he's like mauled, and they're doing the parallels with Manny and the grandmother and the Lottie dead guy in the cabin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other thing to touch on is just the fact that when Thais is a kid, she goes to her grandmother's casket, opens the eye, and it's it's just white. There's nothing there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let me uh, rip through the episode four things for Thaisa because this was very quick and pretty streamlined here. But they end up going to a stake like a political stakeholder event to kind of just talk about like policies. It's one of those political things, you know, 
Taisha doesn't eat before, so she gets kind of hammered pretty quick. She's like all nervous and stuff. But mm-hmm. the whole goal is she wants to meet with Diane, who has a lot of power in this community and can really help with getting her elected. Dave already mentioned Taisha has a moment here where she sees the wolf. That all happens. And then eventually they go and she ends up going to smoke a cig and talks with Diane intimately. And they have a back and forth that ends up with Diane's true goal of saying, yo, like what actually happened out there? Like they've been hearing her whole life. And she says, go fuck yourself and leaves. So it's it's just like a kind of just a super negative night for Taisa in terms of her political aspirations, but really positive in terms of showing her personality that she kind of cultivated through the yellow jacket part of her life. So that was really cool to see. But any other comments you guys want to bring up? Fuck Diane. (laughs) <laughs> yeah fuck her yeah I that's agree. horrible that was aggressive like what i've done for like the black community women community yeah. the black women community i'm like shut the a fuck white up. woman saying that yeah because at first it seemed like the interaction was going to go pretty well mm-hmm. it seemed like they were going to have a genuine connection and then of course we see the dark side of diane and i just want to say also not only just fuck diane just fuck all the people that are just trying to hound our main cast of like getting the details out it's like it's clearly traumatic like if you're fucking parents died i'm just asking you like oh how'd your parents die like that's just you're not gonna do that it's just so fucked up and it pisses me off that all these people want the deeds i want the i love (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i love that we're like fuck you for one the deeds also next episode episode. (laughs) i want the deeds though so Uh but yeah fuck diane at the end of the day yeah sammy creeping in the closet they're gonna have to get this kid a bell or something just to wear (laughs) around his neck because that is not something i'd be like oh hey sweetie i'd be like uh why are you here dude (laughs) call the priest yeah call the priest the holy water get the holy water (laughs) at this political dinner the whole time i'm just thinking i could never be a politician i could never just bullshit small talk like the dude coming up we have a whole pig snout to tail i'm like shut up dude keep it moving we got to get to diane uh <laughs> also how they like just showed thais's kind of panic attack i think was well done the old heads who are just casually talking to her about what did you do out there to survive i'm like who are these people how are you yeah. so two things kind of i guess three things similar to each other ty is a vegetarian which is just la- like they're eating human flesh and now she's vegetarian, which kind of makes sense. Or you could go the Shauna way where she's slaughtering animals and eating. And then there's the scene with Misty and that where she's like jerky. Really? Yeah. It, it almost feels very like you're just going to eat that like meat. You know, it's, it's like meta a little bit, right? Yeah. It's so interesting because it's you can really go any route, right? You ate humans. You were eating unseasoned deer for and squirrels and shit for 19 months. You're like, I'm not eating that anymore i don't want it or you're like i need it i crave it you know it's crazy so you know what's funny is in phil's campaign ad there's a picture of taisa ripping into some barbecue so as an adult politician so i think the non or excuse me the vegetarian choice came for her own political games just Mm -hmm. to double down on the i wasn't a cannibal i don't think she came out of the wilderness and immediately vowed to swear off meat that came later how about her spitting the food out and putting it back on his like tray i was like ew (laughs) i think that's how you do it though as long as it's in a napkin yeah it wasn't a napkin she had a roll but she (laughs) (laughs) it was was just the disrespect was real yeah all right, mm-hmm. let's get let's get to Nat's storyline yeah, here because this is go. so fun to talk about. There's there's so much we can go into here, but what did we leave them last? This was so the car ride. It's road right? trip. Yep. 
So yep, ahead. it's road trip time. Nat's car is dead. And we find out this episode that Misty is the one who pulled out the wires, which is so funny. But the interesting thing about that, like Nat sits on that information for an extra three and a half hour car ride. And then until they're in the jail, she's like, he's like you stole my wi- my car mm-hmm. battery wires or whatever. It's, just, it's so bizarre to me how she just kind of sits on that information and then plays it later. I would be like, you fucking bitch. Uh, I just part her course with Misty. Like yeah. I mean, she's a batshit crazy person. Everything she True. does is like that. Nat did know it, and also Misty had a point. Misty was like, "You wouldn't have let me come," and I also haven't. I'm interested in seeing Travis, and Nat doesn't really answer that question because she's like, "Well, you're right. I wouldn't yeah. have let you come." So I'll give Misty credit, adult Misty, because every time she's on the screen, she basically makes me laugh. And they start this episode off with another one of those situations where she's like listing off what makes her like horny to the one guy. And this one, she goes, "Yep." I, it like cuts into the middle of a story. She's like, "And I gave him my socks after, and he still never called." It's just yeah, like, she is so fucking funny. Another little detail I loved is they're listening to Mr. Mistopheles in the car, which is just this like goofy ass song from Cats that you know Nat wanted to just die. Mm-hmm. Like it because it, it's her car, it's probably what the CD was in the car. Fucking funny. So yeah. good. Uh, just the little details. But also Misty, they're talking about like who they're dating or whatever, or dating background, and she's texting somebody, which you find out to be Kevin. So she was just texting, acting like Nat crazy just being a whack job just a I, real true whack job i love misty i love her I, it's fucked yeah. up because she's out of her mind but she's just one of the best characters yeah that dude what's her name again christine ritchie christina yep. ritchie yeah yeah she is just she I, I will love her for the rest of my life now. Yeah. i know but one of my favorite lines of the episode is they get to travis's house it's locked and misty goes we can go into town, get some wings, come back later. It's just like so specific and funny. Get some wings. Yeah. <laughs> meat. Up. It's meat too. Like she like yep. Matt has already made it a point that like the jerky was fucked up and now she's still pitching the idea of like, let's get chicken, let's yeah. get some pork, you know? <laughs> I love it. Really is great. And then they break into the house and she's dropping one liners about why she's qualified to look through people's house and the more stuff you own, the more likely it is that you're a creep and the Goobersville ghoul or whatever. And then that's just like, <laughs> why don't you check the trash? And she's like, that's a great idea. You can really find out a lot by going through someone's personal refuse. And she just zips on out. She is just the energy I need in this show right now. And yes. pairing her with Nat, just like we're not Rizzolian Isles. It- <laughs> So perfect. I love Misty. She is solid. Adult Misty solidified number one character. I would have to agree. love to hear it. Yeah, I'd have to So agree. question. They are rooting around Travis's house. Nat is obviously feeling some type of way. This is in episode three. So at some point or at this point, we do not know that Nat and Travis have this connection yet because that doesn't happen until episode four. The backstory stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So. What were you guys thinking as Nat is going through? She, you see the Polaroid of them two as adults, grown up. What are you guys thinking about Nat and Travis's relationship? Episode three, we already had the nod because of the in the lake scene. Is he is Travis looking hot? So they they were already like building the relationship that these two were going to have a fling. So it wasn't too surprising, but yeah, I don't know, Dave. I might it might have clicked a little bit late, like a little bit later for me that they were actually going to be end up lovers. But it does actually make sense, you know, looking back on the episodes and how they've built up that relationship and the, the small cues to show that they are like they are 
a pair that does have feelings for each other so Mm -hmm. it made sense you know toxicity finds toxicity i feel like in those kinds of situations (laughs) and the fact that like you know they're older and they're still you know addicted to junk they try to keep each other clean but it sounds like that doesn't really work all that well so it just they're they are a match made for each other that's actually a perfect segue because after they do get caught in travis's house and get arrested they both go to jail they each get their phone calls and that's first and she calls taisa and that's what Thaisa says. Like these two, you guys are the most toxic people ever. I'm not helping you find Travis. You guys got each other into rehab. Like all of these things, she's just kind of laying out there, which you could have, I guess, kind of inferred. But it's mm-hmm. good to have like that information. It kind of solidifies our understanding of the whole relationship route they go through from the 19 months all the way up until modern day. So that was good to see. But I didn't really expect Thaisa to say no in helping Nat there. I mean, we don't really know what their relationship has been since, like, as adults, but this isn't the first time she's had to bail her out of prison. Mm -hmm. It sounded like she said not again, like three days after rehab. I she was right. How would it look if I use my ability to pull Mm -hmm. strings to get you out of this again? It her hands were tied. I don't think it was being a bad friend. It was very reasonable, especially if the reason she did it was to go back to a toxic relationship, which again, she said, I'm not pulling you out of that relationship again. So she's had to help her with Travis in the past. And she says she paid for the rehab too. Taisa did. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin gets them out. Misty was right to have saved that phone number because he gets them out. And uh, (laughs) this man's will do anything for Nat. That's for damn sure. Um, but we'll get into that more in the episode four coverage. They go to where Travis works and find him hanging there, which is really fucking sad. Like, it's really sad that we're not going to get to meet Travis. We, I mean, who's to say there may be some middle ground times, but as of right now, moving forward, we will not see Travis as an adult, which is always sad. Um, but Nat is sure he did not kill himself. And there was a classic Misty citizen detective move. She drew like lightly over the pen indents and said, tell Nat she was right. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what that meant exactly. But Nat is 100% sure that Travis did not kill himself. So some um, foul play is afoot. Javi. Adam Javi. No, what's funny is we do laugh at Misty because the citizen detective is a goofy part of her character, but at the same time, it does make her a literal Swiss Army knife and very resourceful and knowledgeable. So it's it's a very practical part of her character. But this was a really good mic drop moment, especially when they I think a couple scenes happen, then they revisit him just hanging there as the police are getting him down with like a song in the background. And it was just really well done. But yeah. it is a shame we're not going to see adult Travis because he was a moody teen who isn't so far giving us all that much to root for. So it just would have been nice to see what he turned into and the relationship between him and that. But also heartbreaking for nat to finally get there and she's kicking herself because if they didn't go to jail i think she has it in her head that they might have been able to reach him in time i like kathleen that you mentioned that there is potentially a chance that we could see adult travis because in my head i'm thinking okay the 19 months of the plane crash that happens we are gonna have to know like the immediate reactions of like the people like when they come back Like, I think we are going to get shots, maybe not as full-blown adult Travis, but somewhere in between where he was when the plane crashes and in the time that we see him hanging. So Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely open room to bring back characters because of how they've layered this to be past 
in future. So that middle ground is definitely a wide range of time that you can see more character progression with people like Travis, who we, even though we know are dead, there's still a lot left on the table for his story to be told. I think I figured it out. So Javi's motivation to kill Travis was the gum. Right. Right. Yeah. He's still pissed. The ring didn't do enough. I was expecting way more than just the gum, and you just ended it at gum. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> like why not? Yeah. Gumgate? Yeah, gumgate. Gumgate. Yeah. I'd kill over that too. Yeah. <laughs> because that's how episode three ends. This might be a perfect time to segue into Nat's flashback scenes, and then we'll end with the last couple episode four things that happened in 2021 for Nat. So here, I guess we sort of were hinting at it, but it's really connected. All of this, a lot of this was connected to uh, Nat and the gun and like her having flashbacks. And then also mm-hmm. with Travis and her dad, Travis's dad and her dad, like having a similar situation where they're, they both don't have a dad. That's like a very uniting trait, I guess. But mm-hmm. her dad's an asshole. You find out pretty damn quick. He's abusive. He's probably an alcoholic. He's a scary dude. Like you even see he's about to fuck up Kevin. Yeah. Side note, Nat with black hair. Holy shit, that threw me off so badly the first time yeah. I saw it when she's just all all dark hair. The dad sucks. The dad sucks so much. And I'm just going to talk through the later scene we get to and then we'll talk about whatever. Nat has that moment where she has where she gets the gun in her house, whatever, and she's about to shoot the dad because I think the dad hits the mom. All this chaos Kicking is going her. on. The way the dad was kind of calmly just like, nah, baby, you have to turn the safety off. Mm -hmm. I was like, this dad's about to lose it. Yeah. But he just tries to walk out, at which point Nat says, no, you're the useless one. And he trips and shoots himself. And I'm thinking to myself, Nat, you kind of got out of this one without dirty hands, baby girl. Take the W. I was so and carve out a nice life for yourself. I was but, so happy to see that she, she wasn't the one that pulled the trigger because it wasn't until the, like we see in the very beginning of episode four, her dad next to her on the plane with mm-hmm. the, the missing face. She's holding the gun. So you're automatically assuming that she was the one to pull the trigger and kill her father. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when he trips and falls, I was like, fuck that guy. That was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fucking yeah. great. Perfect yeah. ending for Nat. I mean, OK, not the perfect ending, but she is now no longer has to worry about that person being in her life <laughs> perfect and, ending and yeah, she wasn't so and like p tom says it just doesn't have to get her hands dirty so yeah. why is she even freaking out in the future with the gun I'm right sure. the issue here is as you can see nat as an adult goes back to the trailer her mom still lives there her mom's right. like take your shit i i'm not your storage unit this and that obviously her mom is indifferent doesn't care said Better times, those, even though he literally threw his mom, her her mom down, kicked the shit out of her, called her useless before he tripped and shot himself in the head. Like this guy fucking blows and her the mom is still making excuses for him and misses him and all of this stuff. It's like a perfect case of she probably blames Nat for him dying. So even though she got out of that situation with her dad, she had to live with the guilt. Her mom was probably guilting the shit out of her through it it's just like all toxic that whole trailer is full toxic as i agree with you guys that it's like why are you freaking out seems like a lit like <laughs> thing it's like the mom probably guilted her and you know oh. i mean your dad's your dad right javi didn't it's- like his dad his dad didn't like or travis didn't like his dad but he's still fucking sad that he died you know yeah. i think she says it best herself when she's smoking the weed with 
Travis. Yeah. Wanted to call him Trevor. Then I wanted to call him Javi. Landed on <laughs> Travis. Glad we got there. But she says it doesn't matter how shitty they are. It still fucks you up when they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite quote of the two episodes, honestly. It just like hit deep. And to say that to someone who just lost their parent as someone who's probably already kind of sorted through those emotions it just is what it is. You're, you're going to miss well, them, like you said, Dave. If you're just going to drop favorite quote of the episode, I'm going to follow up and say there's no way that's as good as when Misty is in the jail and they're like, who did you call your bird? And she goes, Caligula hasn't learned to use the phone yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best line. There's, there's a couple. I've got to be like Thais's mic drop, too. Yeah, that was good, too. She had some good. Lots of good quotes in these two episodes. I guess it's just a good show, guys. Yeah. Misty's yeah. a walking quote maker, though, in the modern day. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, I agree. So are we good with the Nat backstory? Anything else? Nope. No, that's Great. it. But it she picks up the mixtape from Kevin, and that takes us to later in the night where she is meeting up to dinner with Kevin. And don't worry, Misty's there to have her back, <laughs> eating out on the patio. It's very European. She's with her, the elderly woman from the care home. It's just ridiculous. She's like <laughs> ripping shots, orders herself a chocolate martini. Oh, that's And so she's good. like, she's trying to call Nat, sees her hang up. She's like, this bitch <laughs> why would she pick that phone call up but she calls her because jessica roberts is at the bar and only misty has noticed her and i'm not sure does it seem like jessica has already confronted misty and like that's why misty recognized her or did she just notice that this woman was like she had the um jessica roberts card in right, her files right, in right, episode right. two so that that you're supposed to assume she already hit misty mm -hmm. at some point and it makes yeah. sense because nat is the one that came back relatively recently so jessica got a chance to talk to shauna got a chance to talk to misty already that already right off the table so makes sense moving to and we could go back or whatever if you have more to say but my favorite part was nat Kisses him goodbye, right? A quick smooch when they leave. But her main objective here is to get the toxicology report, right? She tricks him into it, even though he's really feeling like, yeah, like I'm getting I'm getting to know my old friend again. Like they, he's obviously like in love with her sneaky. And I'm like, Nat, you son of a bitch. I feel bad for Kevin, but you're smart. I was I cringing so much when she's like, oh, thanks. And like dodges the kiss, goes for the hug. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. me. That's so terrible because it's so obvious. That, like It was a perfect time for a kiss and she just shuts it down. Like thinking to myself, was any part of it genuine? But I, I land on the side of the fence that that part of her life is over. She's like grown up enough to acknowledge like I. I'm not the type to pick up an old flame from high school like that part of my life's over. So, yeah, I think she's just playing this guy like a fiddle. I'm not even sure if we're going to see Kevin again. Maybe we will. I guess he could still be useful since he's a police officer or whatever those connections. But, well, I guess we still need the toxicology report. So we're going to see him again. I'm going to edge on the other side of that. I think there is still potentially hope for those two, even though I think Kevin probably deserves himself a way better girl at the end of the day. But like the fact that she was willing to go and get that mixtape just for this one exchange. I mean, it did go obviously above and beyond and got her the toxic almost guaranteed her the toxicology report. But I just think that that is such a deep and memorable, meaningful thing to both of them that that 
even if she was just playing him, that just can't be ignored. You know, her face when they were hugging right before she got in the taxi, she was like kind of smirking, like mission accomplished, not like, okay, even though he agreed, I'm still happy I got to reconnect with this guy. Also, Kevin's haiku, pretty smooth. What was it again? I don't. I'm, I'm it was. They're just what? catching up, and she's like, "He's like long version or short version." She says, "Give me the haiku," and he's like, "Met a girl. Oh, yeah. I fucked it up. It's a job, I guess." Yeah, it was smooth. <laughs> it was well done. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like Kevin a lot, oh, and honestly, Nat might be an interesting character in present time, but I think she's like an awful person, like at <laughs> up to this point. Yeah, to the yeah. point where I just I felt so bad for Kevin. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I, I like yep. Kevin. He's a good guy. So rooting Handsome. for him. And then he's getting played by Nat like, ah, come on. Yeah, we're pretty much at the end there. The only other thing that we kind of just uh, went over was Misty did go and confront Jessica after Nat left and cursed her out, basically. And she has that really good line where she says, I know when you look at me, you don't see what someone you should be afraid of, but you're wrong. Mm. And then yeah. Jessica's yeah. like, whatever. And I don't know. I just like when the Yellow Jackets have badass lines in the present because they are badasses. They survived the cannibalism era. Like, yeah, you shouldn't fuck with Misty. You shouldn't fuck with Taisa. You shouldn't fuck with Shauna. Like, they're all just badasses. So I did like that little line. Who would you, out of the people that we've seen in older day, who are you least likely to fuck with? Is Misty. it still Misty? <laughs> Misty's like Because she, she would track you down. She would stalk the shit out of you. Yeah. She would... She clearly Probably doesn't. Still, Shauna is you like think? really. I ain't fucking with Nat. She showed up with a gun pointed at Misty. Yeah. Misty is a certified freakadelphia sociopath, <laughs> so not gonna cross her. And Taisa, no. Yeah, <laughs> and she's a the bad answer bitch. Is, the answer is don't fuck with a single one of them. Yeah. You're gonna that's, get yeah. got. That's don't mean. do I not mean. underestimate a yellow jacket for real. Buzz, 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 buzz. buzz, buzz. That is true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we end the episode with Shauna finding out about Travis. Misty calls with that little smirk, as we said earlier in the episode, sets us up for a great episodes five and six. I cannot wait. I have seen them recently within the last two weeks, and I think you boys are gonna like them. We five, get some six, big baby. drops. Yeah, vivid- you're gonna really like it. I openly said at the end, I was like, fuck. I was just like, God damn it. Like they just give us just enough for me to just it's so easy to just click that play button, man, and just and just fuck the podcast for one episode. So, I was like, maybe you next- did last night. You like, almost did do three uh, three vets and then one rook for this episode. I was so close. Uh, it's like ultimate- old Bilbo looking at the ring of power. Yeah, just it really put it on once, it dude. Really no, you can't do it. It's a shame. I'm going to rip five, six literally right after we get <laughs> off the mic. Yeah, we can make our next recording less than a week away if we want to do that. Yeah, we can. <laughs> good, um, good. But how I end it, the last episode, I'm going to do the same thing here. Um, I want your guys updated guess on who you think the antler queen is. I know we briefly kind of guessed it earlier, and I'm not going to tell you if you don't remember off the top of your head who you guessed last pod, but I'll, I'll tell you after you, yeah. you make your guess here. Um, since Beat Tom's having the mic issues, I'm going to hop in here. I definitely switched. I, I've definitely been switching, especially with Alki having started the episodes last night or t- two nights ago, whatever it was. So I've gotten a little bit more of another rewatch in. I'm just going to slide this in here right now. I had a, a wild theory, again, involving Javi, that I thought that it actually was going to be Javi was the one that fell into the pit because of him and Shauna having that connection and talking. And so in my head, I had pictured, oh, maybe Shauna gifts him 
the necklace. And then he, because it's mm. been months later, his hair is now longer. And so he was the one to fall in the pit. So, but I'm not going to make that uh, assumption here. I think I like, I think B Tom said this in episode one, I'm going to actually back him up. I think antler queen is Lottie. So I like where he's going with all that. That's my updated one. And then the first person in the pit I still have no idea. I honestly, I literally can't even begin to guess because I thought it was going to be Lottie to be the fall in the pit, but Lottie's like tall. The girl that was running was seemed a little shorter. So I, I really can't even begin to to put a guess on that one. Um, out of the just just to put a name out there, Laura Lee's hair is black. It's her. No, it's not. It's blonde. Laura Lee's no, 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 hair no, is no. I'm saying like she's gonna. It's gonna become black. Like all the mud's gonna get in there, and it's gonna be her. So I don't even remember. Okay, who I so said Dave was. did guess Taisa as the antler queen last week. He now is switching to Lottie, and he thinks the person in the pit is Laura Lee's. Who did I have a person in the pit in the episode? One? We didn't do that, but that's a good one that I'm doing okay. going forward. Oh God, I can't get away from person in the pit is Jackie, but. It, like who else could it be? Maybe Mari. She has dark hair as well, and she seems pretty expendable so far. But I also do think Jackie dies. We haven't seen her as an adult yet. As for Antler Queen, I believe last time I was saying Travis or somebody else. I forget the other one, but <laughs> I'm Antler Queen does look a little bit bigger than the people that were around her. Lottie, Thaisa are also both tall. So I think it's one of those three, Lottie, Thaisa, Travis. Yeah, let's uh, let's I, narrow I, that I, down to one. I don't think they're going to make the sole boy of the group, Antler Queen. Um, Especially when you say I'm it gonna, like that. <laughs> well, Antler Queen's soul not a real term outside, like in the show. It's yeah. a community. It's term. the fandom, yeah, yeah. But we defined it in the last recording. Uh, Lottie and Thais are both good candidates. I think it's going to be Lottie. Okay. I, I have this inkling that she's going to say one of her. I have a bad feeling about this, and that suspicion will be confirmed. Like a tree branch is going to fall, and people are going to start putting a lot of weight in her kind of out there thoughts and opinions. Okay, so you did like, ha- like Dave said it. You did have Lottie last week, so you're sticking with Lottie still, and you're having mm-hmm. person in the pit as Jackie, which is fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna add person to the pit as a as a sign off thing too. Um, I also yeah, asked I pee, for your baby. guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I also asked, which I didn't write down. I'll have this update for next episode. I'll re-listen to the podcast of your guys' top three characters. And just a reminder that older and younger versions are different entities. So again, just gut reaction of who your top three characters are. After four episodes, you can go first for this one, B Toms. Adult Misty, number one. 90s Nat is two or three. Hmm. I think I'll still get, okay, 90s Nat is two. Adult Shauna, three. Okay. Cool. I think that's definitely different than what you said before. So that's, that's going to be fun. To talk I'm going to have Shauna at the top last time. Dave? Number one. Old Misty. I think I might have had young Misty in my top three. I think she's kind of fallen out of there. We haven't seen much of her. Like, she's still crazy, but she hasn't gotten as much screen time these two episodes as other characters. So that kind of changes some things. Old Misty one. Probably old Shauna, too, honestly. I I fuck with her a lot. I really like her. Third favorite character. I don't want to say young Jackie. I feel like I'm just falling into the trope. Coach Ben had a great turnaround, man. Honestly, Coach had but a good I, episode to put him four. in top three is yeah, a little blasphemous. I saw it on your face, Tom's, yeah. and I'll agree with you on that. Um, 
Yeah, we'll do we'll do young Nat. We'll do young Nat. Okay. Three. Cool. So we'll just switch B Toms two and three. I love it. Were you just yeah. debating to put young Jackie in your top three? Yes, he was. Yes. He had coach and young Jackie as options for top three. Coach, mm-hmm. I he can think she's hot. I really like Coach. I, I'm if surprised I Jackie, to hear you say to. Jackie. No, if I said Jackie, it probably wasn't meant to because even like right now, I'm not even thinking of her as okay, like a yeah. top three character. Too I might much have missed... whinging. That's what the like... hound says, right? Whinging. You're whinging. Yeah, there's a lot of characters. I'm still just trying to get the names down, but I I can confidently say I would not put Young Jackie in my top three. Right. There you go. Yeah. Next, when you're watching the episodes, have all those prompts in your mind, so you're ready to just yeah mm-hmm. spill them out. So that was our coverage of episodes three and four of Yellow Jackets. We'll be coming at you quick with episodes five and six, where we'll be past the midpoint at that time. I'm so excited. If you like what you heard right now, we're covering The Last of Us, which is HBO's new juggernaut show. Um, We previously covered a little bit of Kaleidoscope. We did a top five episodes of 2022. So you can hear a few of us just talk about 2022 shows in general. We've covered Arcane recently and Wednesday, 1899, Alice in Borderland, House of the Dragon. You know, we cover them all. We cover all the sci-fi stuff. (laughs) Is Yellow Jacket sci-fi? Who's to say? Not me. Anyway, um, <laughs> if right you now like we're just what five. you heard, come follow us. Subscribe. We're on anywhere uh, you could stream podcasts, Apple, Spotify. We love those too. Anywhere else, really, though, we're there. Um, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Bingetown TV, all around. We have Binge bingetowntv.com you can go check out our 300 plus episodes that we've done we've been a podcast for um just about three years now in may so we've been covering lots of stuff um but yeah so check us out five and six we're so pumped for the next episodes and thanks for listening you're listening to the geekscape network 